Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. And Northern Ireland, I'm just looking here at the news at the moment as it's coming in. And literally, I was watching BBC a few minutes ago and some poor critter set himself on fire with a Molotov cocktail. Uh, he looked like a young man. He was obviously throwing it, maybe involved in throwing it or somebody threw it. But anyway, live on the BBC, the man's head was on fire and other people were trying to put it out. Police in Belfast are now preparing for a further disruption in Belfast tonight as crowds continue to gather once again. Of course, last night a hijacked bus was set alight at the junction of Lanark, uh, Lanark Way and the Shankill Road following a protest with crowds gathered there and at a West Circular Road at its junction of Springfield Road. Um, it looks like the violence is now spreading to not only loyalist but nationalist areas as well. And I did say today that I felt it was wrong and I, th- I felt like part of the problem when we report this in the news, and, and I read a piece from RTE today when they said a group of loyalist youths, by labelling them loyalist youths instead of just youths, I think what we're doing is continue to stigmatise people and continue to label people as being one side of the other, rather than everybody being in this together, so to speak. And I hate to use the phrase that's been used during COVID-19 for so long. Um, but look, these youths, and they are youths, to a variety of objects of the PSNI vehicles. And I'm looking at the Secretary of State mentioned there today as well. Um, this is Brandon Lewis. And he, he talked about the violence. And he talked about a 13-year-old. He said, words fail me for what goes through an adult's mind to encourage a 13-year-old kid to behave this way. And he's talking about the video that circulated of these kids. And I say kids anywhere from kind of eight years of age up to 17 or 18 years of age. Some adults thrown in there as well. And as they ran you know, from doing their deed and setting the bus on fire and doing whatever they were doing, there was parents on the sideline cheering them on, giving them a round of applause for the violence and chaos they had just caused. This is the problem in Northern Ireland. There are many reasons why people are rioting. I am lost at this stage because you can blame it on Brexit. You can blame it on obviously the border down the sea and many people are not happy with that. You can blame it on frustration during COVID-19. You can blame it on the Bobby Story um, funeral and the fact that there was no convictions or criminal convictions to members of Sinn Féin who attended the funeral. You can blame it on a lot of things. But it still doesn't give people a reason to go out and throw Molotov cocktails in the middle of the street uh, and, you know, and, and attack the police. So what got me then today was I was talking to Maliki uh, who will be on the show with us very shortly again. But I spoke to Maliki today and we talked about, God, you know, we'd hate to see it go back down the road of pre-1998. We would hate to see that again. And many of you, by the way, listening will remember that because obviously our demographic of this radio station is quite, when I say old, over 35. So you remember that. Many, many of you won't. Any of our younger listeners will have no idea what I'm actually talking about. But 40 years of the Troubles... Of course, there's a lot more to the history than that, but 40 years, so much of the troubles where people literally couldn't walk the streets without fear for their life, being bombed, being blown up, being shot. In Northern Ireland mainly, of course, and across Britain as well, where bombs were planted by the IRA, because I don't want to leave that out too. I want to be fair to everybody. It was wrong. It was meaningless. Nothing was achieved by it really in the end, as Maliki pointed out rightly today. We're still in the same situation we were in before the troubles. The only difference is it's peaceful. And that's what everybody wants is peace, isn't it? At the end of the day, we all want peace. But unfortunately, that's not what's happening in Northern Ireland over the last five nights. 
to give me a bit more of an insight into it. And by the way, I want to hear from you tonight as well. I want you to give us a call or a text us, should I say, or WhatsApp us at 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Or if you want to give us a call and come on the air, you can. The number is 0818-942-105. That's 0818-942-105. All right. And the question I'm going to be simply asking you, as I asked today, well, I suppose I asked it based on what Maliki said. And Maliki said, the people of the South don't care what happens up the North. They just don't care. They didn't really care for the 40 years of the Troubles and they don't probably care now. But do you care? I do. So let me know what you think. The number is 87 Let me go to Paul, who is a resident uh, of North Belfast and he's there tonight. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening to you, Paul. Oh, sorry, Paul, I need to just turn you on there. I do apologise. Hold on. Sorry, Paul. Good evening to you. Good evening. Uh, I'd just like to pick, you up, pick up on a point there that to me is as regards to the violence spilling into nationalist areas. Um, I come from a nationalist area. I am from Ardoin, North Belfast, not far from Lanark, uh, where the, the trouble kicked off last night. I would just like to say this. This has been ongoing now for the past eight nights. There have been sporadic um, outbursts of violence in various parts of the north. And it has been instigated by loyalists. At last night, the loyalists over at Lanark managed to break their way through the peace barrier in an attempt to attack homes and people there. People that were near the barrier, two of them, uh, that were deemed to be from the nationalist community, were attacked and given uh, unmerciful beatings. Um, it was blatantly sectarian, so we'd just like to make that, that clear. But see, that, here's, that, here's the thing, Paul. Okay, and I'm, I'm, okay thank, thank you for clarifying that for me. But here's the thing, right? When we use words like nationalist, loyalist, unionist, um, sectarianism, and all these words, which were words that we, we would like to think in the future we will never hear again, because they do stigmatise people, and they do separate people, and they do um, that is sectarianism in itself. When we use words like that, when I see reported in the news a group of loyalist youths, you know, attacked a bus last night, or, you know, threw a, a firebomb onto a bus... I would rather just see a group of youths because it doesn't matter whether they're Catholics, whether they're Protestants, whether they're Loyalists, whether they're Nationalists or Republicans. It doesn't really matter because they're thugs. That's, that's the bottom line. They're thugs. So it doesn't matter who they are or what they're representing because that's not the way we deal with things in 2021, is it, really? <laughs> the thing about it is there are people who fire massive missiles into cities and kill hundreds of thousands of people too. What are they? Well, no, I, no, I understand... You know, I do. No, want, I, mean, I, I do understand that sometimes things come to that. That's not the way we go about things because there's quite a few Western governments seem to be doing a lot worse than burning buses. Not that I in any way condone the attack on the bus, you know. But just you know, to, to, to answer you there, um, yeah, what happened yesterday in the bus was absolutely horrendous. There was a, a young lady there with a, a day old, or sorry, a newborn child. She'd just been out of hospital. Um, she was basically rushed out at the last second mm-hmm. before the bus was engulfed in flames. The bus driver too, they just, they just managed to get off the bus before it was attacked. So yes, no, I, I condemn that. Yes, absolutely. And, but do you, Paul, do you condemn all violence? Do I condemn all violence? No, I don't. Um, because I grew up in an area that was surrounded um, and we, we suffered the heaviest casualties. Um, during the, 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 the struggle, um, and 
we had to defend ourselves and we had to use violence in order to do that. So no, I don't. And But nobody, Paul, nobody's saying we should ever forget the history and nobody should say we should ever get the victims of the struggle. We should ever forget all those people who died on both sides. And I have to be fair, on both sides. But what I'm saying is, you know, we have progressed as a society. We've had the Good Friday Agreement. The vast majority of people voted for it. They wanted peace in Northern Ireland. They now have peace to some degree. And now we're seeing this. And the problem for me looking at it is, is firstly, I'm not understanding the reason for it. I get the frustration. I get the border down the Irish Sea for loyalists and how they feel about that. I get their frustrations. I understand as well that, you know, COVID-19 certainly hasn't helped these young people who are frustrated and probably not at school at the moment, etc., etc. I get all of that. But what I don't understand is parents who idly stand by watching their young 13 or 14-year-old run up the road with a petrol bomb in his hand. I don't get that. Well, the thing is, there's a, the, like you say, there's a, a lot of reasons behind what's going on here. Um, but, but there is something that I've noticed that a lot of media outlets seem to be missing, and that is the fact that the areas where these these incidents are taking place happen to be under the control of a certain loyalist faction. And that certain loyalist faction in recent months was targeted by the PSNI in a crackdown against its organised crime efforts. This is is in relation to drugs? Yes, absolutely. There's been a number of cartels that have been linked to um, the UDA faction and it just so happens that the areas where this balance is breaking out happens to be in their strongholds. And do you believe that is the reason for this? I do believe it's one of the reasons. And what, um, and what are and the other reasons you believe for this? Well, the thing is, you have to tie, you have to tie this into what's going on with the DUP as well. The DUP want the, the chief of police to resign. So, obviously, he's the man that would have given the go-ahead for that crackdown on loyalism. So, they're obviously jumping on board with that. And we've seen, time and time again, unionists in positions of power using certain rhetoric that ignites violence. That's happened time and time again. And that's what's happened here and now. Yeah, but, and yeah, but, but hold on, but Republicans are also in a position of power in Northern Ireland as well as, as the, the Deputy Minister. Now, I understand, and by the way, I agree with you, Arlene Foster's, tweet, Arlene Foster's tweet last night where she condemned the actions of loyalists but also went on to say that we should be focused more on the illegalities of Sinn Féin or whatever it was she says, I'm paraphrasing, um, was uncalled for. I get that. Well, she basically tried, attempted to label Sinn Féin as the real criminals. In other words, what she's trying to say, those that are out uh, burning the buses aren't, aren't the real criminals. Those that are out orchestrating this violence aren't the real criminals. What's she trying to say? Well, I think what she's trying to do is distract and move the focus away from loyalists. In one hand, basically condemning what the loyalists were doing, but then distract people. I agree entirely, I agree entirely yeah. Okay, but but in saying that, I, I'm still struggling. Okay, you talked about a drugs cartel, and a lot of people were texting in about that today, and that is part of the reason. That may be a part of the reason for a distraction there, and part of the reason uh, to distract the PSNI as well. But that's not the main reason for this. And again, I come back to the point that if it was the case that it was a drug tar- cartel, or if it was the case that there is other reasons for this, why are these not adults? Why are they children? Why are we seeing 12-year-olds and where are their parents? I'm looking at a video live here on Belfast Live at the moment. There's 12 and 13-year-olds standing out in front of water cannons. What's that about? This is the nature of, this is the, nature of the way things are done here. You know, for example, the Loyalist Paramilitaries, they began their recruiting uh, via Ratton. They, they get the young kids out onto the streets and they see who has potential and they basically single out who's good at whatever and then they, next thing you know, they're brought into an organisation and then it's, up to their, their necks in organised crime and sectarian violence. 
you have to bear in mind too that these these organisations were were assisted, financed, and armed with the help of the British war machine. That's no secret. Yeah, well, I, understand. I mean, you're you're a Republican, Paul. Yeah. I I would be a. a a poor Republican, yes. Yeah, okay, so okay. Not, so no, I'm not, just, well, not, well, not I, well, I know, I know. I just want the reason I want to say that was, and I'm not having a go at you, by the way. I don't want to disrespect yeah. you, but I, what I'm saying is just to clarify for the listeners that you would have a bias, obviously, in relation to what's happening at the moment, because obviously you're a Republican. Absolutely. Yeah. But sure, everyone's going to have a bias. No, well, ab- yeah. absolutely. So, so what's so what's the answer when when we? I mean, look, there was no easy way out of Brexit. Everybody knew that when it came to Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland was the forgotten child, and we know that. And there was no easy way out of it. So the only way the British government had out of it for trade deals was basically to put a border down the Irish Sea. Now that is literally just for trade. It doesn't stop your movement. It doesn't stop the free movement. It doesn't stop a loyalist being British. It doesn't stop uh, somebody who's a Republican being Irish. So. Why has this caused such a problem when it's only for commercial use? You see, the thing is, you're asking me to basically explain, you know, the the, the loyalist perspective on this. And it, yeah, well, what do you? I, I, I'm, I'm curious though. Do you do you understand, understand why it is? I don't really understand it either. Um, they seem to think that you know, if there's no border on the island of Ireland, that 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 they've been abandoned and then. And they've been left to become Irish all of a sudden. And, you know that, that's one thing. There is a certain fear factor. There's also um, there is also the the, the the fear factor among loyalism that we're headed towards a united Ireland. Well, the, well isn't this the conversation? Because of course, on prime time last week or the week before last, we had the the debate. Uh, you know, obviously with Sinn Fein and and Leo Varadkar and everybody else in relation to a united Ireland. So is is this the problem now that unionists and loyalists, or say loyalists in, in Northern Ireland, believe that this this agenda is clearly on the table now for conversation that it, this could be happening sooner rather than later? Is this the is this the fear? I, I believe that to be a part of the problem. Yes. Well, stay, stay there for a second, Paul, if you can. I want to go to Maliki as well, uh, who's with us earlier on today, Maliki Steenson. Uh, good afternoon, or good evening to you, Maliki. Oh, sorry, somebody switched that one off too there. I do apologise, everybody. Somebody has switched all my lines over for me for some reason. You're the only human. <laughs> I, no, it's OK. I do apologise, Maliki. Great, have you now, yeah. Yeah, Maliki, uh, in relation to what's happening, you've been listening to Paul, who lives in the area as yeah. well. I mean, now we've got a situation where, you know, they, they parked these uh, water cannons in a nationalist area. Um, yes, and I mean that, that shows quite clearly that there's a difference between the, the RUC's um, way of dealing with nationalists or loyalists. And 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 people the PSNI, you well, mean? No, yeah. I mean the RUC. Okay, you can, well, you can call them what you want. I know. I'm just telling the you. RUC, I'm just right? correcting you for factual purposes. Is, well, it doesn't matter what they call it, and they can change it, the name of it a hundred times. It doesn't change what it is, right? It's still the RUC, the UDR or the RIR is still to be specials, right? And they're all British forces in Ireland. But the difference, and, and this needs to be very clear, those who are rioting in loyalist areas, those who are up at, our, um, at one side of Lanark Way between the Shankill and Ardoyne, coming down onto the Springfield Road, who are attacking and trying to smash through the, the security gates there. We see, the we see that in the videos, right? yeah. They're, yeah. they're the aggressors. And they have been for the past number of nights. And the, the RUC has stood by and allowed them to do that, right? This is the gates That's, that we've seen on fire in the videos, yeah. Y- yes, and the gates that the, the loyalists were allowed under the direction of the UVF. And this thing that these are spontaneous attacks, I'm sure Paul and, and many of us have seen the list of protests that have been arranged 
By the way, sorry, sorry, Maggie, but sorry to interrupt you, just for listeners who who are not familiar with the area. uh, These particular gates that you refer to, the people would have seen in videos many times today that have been set on fire with petrol bombs, etc. What is the purpose? Right, well, the the purpose of those, and Lanark Way is probably a couple of hundred yards long. It links the Springfield Road, which is a nationalist area, up to the Shankill and the junction with Ardoin then uh, after that, right? And the gates are there to stop, in general, loyalty, loyalist incursions from the 1960s into nationalist areas. And my father was born and reared in 247 Springfield Road, which is now the first house on Springfield Road at Lanark Way. It was the second house, but the Ra were trying to blow up some troops at one stage and blew up the first house. Now, the RUC have deployed water cannons, heavily militarised public order police, on the Springfield Road. They didn't do that at the other end. And the people who are standing on the Springfield Road end are there to protect their own community, to protect their houses being f- from being firebombed by loyalist thrown firebombs over the, over the um, gates, to stop the loyalists smashing through the gates and coming into to, um, a nationalist area, as they did right through from 1965. Okay, the gates, right? the gates are known as the peace gates, and I know uh, Paul mentioned them. Well, there no, they're, they're security gates. They're not yeah. peace gates. They're there. They're security gates. They're there to stop loyalists coming in, and loyalist gunmen, particularly in the 70s, from coming in straight down Lanark Way into Springfield, up into the falls, and shooting the first tag, as, as Gusty Spence described it in 1965, the first tag that they would see, right? And tag for your, your listeners there is a Catholic. Right, and on the basis that somebody was on the falls or on the Springfield Road or anywhere in that area, they were presumed to be a Catholic. Do would you agree with Paul that he believes that a lot of the reason for this, uh, I suppose, and we've seen it more recently, and particularly with young people as well. Obviously, they get it off their parents because the parents passed well, down information. Hold on, no, just, just to come well, back but, to no, no, but let me let me just mention. Do you believe the reason for that is, is that? We're now looking at genuine debates around a united Ireland. We've no, seen we are it. not. Well, we've seen one on we're prime not, time only recently, no, didn't on, we? There's been no debate about a united Ireland. What they're talking about now is a shared island, which is go, goes back to the SDLP and John Hume's concept of of the way we should go forward. Nothing to do with republicanism. And any republican who's engaged in this shared island concept is not a republican, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Republicans' role is to re-establish the republic, which was declared on the steps of the GPO, defended in the first defence of the republic between 1918 and 1922, and the second defence of the republic between 1922 and up to now, right? So a shared island is not what this is about. No, no, well, I, you want United Ireland, but there are many no, people... On, but by the way, but you, you were the one who mentioned today, Malachi, you mentioned today, and I think you said it, I'm not too sure you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that you said today that um, most people in the south of Ireland couldn't care less what happens no, in Northern Ireland. No, they never could. Well then, well, then why would people want a shared island? They just want a united... Or why would people want a united Ireland? A shared Ireland would be quite progressive and quite happy for a lot of people. Well, I think this is one of the difficulties that those who are arguing even for a shared Ireland which will ultimately come to a referendum, and they somehow believe that the people in the South will vote for it, or the people in the North, because they somehow believe that because somebody is a Catholic that they will automatically vote for to come into this bankrupt state where... Just even look at the COVID thing. Just look at the vaccination programme in the North and look at the South where we've the highest paid civil servant in the world running the 
dysfunctional. Shambles. Yeah, shambles. Right? You know, why would anybody in their right mind in the six counties area of Ireland want to come into this? <laughs> well, well, that's it. Uh, by the way, Paul, do, I, I'm assuming you would like to see a United Ireland poll in theory. Absolutely, but uh, an Irish Republic, not a unit, not just a United Ireland or a new agreed Ireland. Uh, yeah, but but, but Paul Maliki makes good a good morning. point. Are you willing to pay to go your seat to see your GP? Are you willing to pay more for your car insurance? Are you willing to pay an extra twenty twenty three percent or whatever it is on your to purchase no, a car? Are you willing to do around. all those things? No, it shouldn't but we be under, saying under public, I would I wouldn't have to. Sorry, Maliki, what did you say? No, shouldn't we be saying that the other way around? Well, we should, 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 but we wouldn't have the money to do that. Saying, we shouldn't have to pay to go to the doctor. Shouldn't we be saying we should have? Um, Maliki, I agree with you. Shouldn't we be saying we shouldn't have to pay? Yeah, but Maliki, Maliki, but Maliki, you're missing the point. I completely agree with you, but the point is Northern Ireland can't afford to do what it's doing at the moment, hence it's subsidised by the British government. That's nonsense again. It's not nonsense. It is subsidised by the state, by the British state. The reason that the North receives, and and I won't call it Northern Ireland, and we've discussed this before, (laughs) the North of Ireland or the six counties, right? Or the northeastern part of this island, right? We... It received such a huge subvention from the British state because most of the people who would normally have been the, the leaders in society are employed in, in, in so-called the community groups and all of these NGOs and all of this nonsense that's funded by the EU and by the British, um, by Westminster. And all of that feeds in. And if we were to take this island and re-establish the, the republic that clearly that Pierce set out, and that in the program for the democratic the democratic program for government of the first doll, if we set that out and if we go and we follow that, we will have a great country. Yeah, but you know, by the way, Maliki, we have our two banks. Yeah, I mean that's. A, <laughs> I mean, there's a bit of a fantasy going on there because let's say tomorrow we we, we all voted tomorrow and it became a united Ireland. And wonderful, you and Paul no, will be no, delighted, no, right? But what, what about? But hang on, what about the fifty percent of loyalists? That fifty percent of the population were loyalists up there and the Protestants up there. What about them? What about those people who are throwing bombs at the moment or fire bombs? They're not going to be happy. They'll be back out in the streets again the next night. Well, hold on, Noel. We cannot allow, and this is the argument that goes back to 1922, and when the North was created as a Protestant state for a Protestant people, the six counties of of Ulster, not the nine counties of Ulster, they were created, as I continually say to you, to create that artificial majority in the North, right? Now, this is an island, and it's the majority of the people on the island who, in 1918, accepted and ratified the proclamation and the rising that happened in 1916. And that's what, and any attempt to usurp that by whatever government has been in this state, and, you know, the governments that we've had in this state have failed us dismally. Every one of them, whether it's Fine Gael or Fine Fáil. And remember, Fine Gael executed more people while they were in power in a very short period in 1922, and 10 months they executed 77 people. The Brits only executed eight, uh, 16, I think. You know, so people should have no doubt as we move to next year and we look at okay. how okay. this well, I, 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 blood. Okay, I'm still looking at a solution. Paul, what's the solution to stop what's happening here over the last six or seven nights or whatever it is? You mentioned eight nights, by the way. I'm reading only six or seven. But well, what? It's been eight nights and nationalists and Republicans have to be commanded for this, the restraint and the discipline that they had shown, um, because it has been trying. Uh, you're asking for a solution. 
it's going to need to be a long-term one, but it's going to need to happen within the communities and it's going to take a great deal of community work to try and uh, defuse the current situation we're applied. It's going to need to take... Uh, it's going to need to take a, a lot of work also from the politicians that are in positions of power. They're, they're in positions to do things. They need to, to wind their necks in. These, the dangerous rhetoric that uh, unionists in the DUP in particular have to be using, that needs to be abandoned. That needs to be removed from the equation because that's only fueling it. Um, as and, and, as you, and, you, and you don't you don't think the actions of Sinn Féin fuel it every now and again too? Well, I don't think the thing. You, is, you I, don't I, think I, the I, actions I, of I, it. You, I, you I, don't I, think the actions I, of a deputy I, first minister who who brings in laws and then breaks her own laws. You don't think that fuels it as well? Well, the thing is, first and foremost, I'm not a Sinn Féin voter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, do I think Sinn Féin have been a part of the problem with regards to Bobby Story funeral? You could say that, but what about all the loyalist funerals that took place during during the COVID as well? People have disregarded them. They, they've been uh, abandoned. Why hasn't anyone addressed that? Well, there have, there, have, there, there, there have been people who have been prosecuted at loyalist funerals. No, they haven't. Uh, the as far as I know, Malik, you mentioned today no, there was. The only people who have been prosecuted at a funeral are people at a funeral of Peggy um, thing in Derry, right? Yeah. And the provisionals didn't agree with that funeral, right? Even though he was a loyal and, and long-term member of their organisation, a man who was shot by the SAS and served a long time in, in long cash as a result of that. And they didn't agree with the funeral. And they've actually did, said that they, they told the family that they can't write ugly on his gravestone. You know, nonsense stuff. So the provisionals created a, a publicity stunt which has backfired. Now, I believe that all people should have funerals. And... Republicans particularly are entitled to the funeral that they're entitled to, and that well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Republicans in particular. That's well, hold on, anybody, I'd say well, anybody's okay, entitled to a funeral. Entitled, and Republicans have a particular type of funeral if they've given service in the cause of the Republic, right? But the provisionals made the law. They are the government now in the north. They made the legislation to say that me or Paul or anybody else couldn't have a funeral for their family member. So therefore, they must pay the price, and that's logic. And the, the nonsense of bringing Bobby Story to Milltown in a PR stunt, which is now backfired, they should pay the price for that, particularly when they're prepared. And, and, to and, and you think that's part of the reason why these kids are out there throwing well, bottles? Well, because they see, the they see if a government are not willing to keep the, to the law, why should we? Well, well, let's look at Niall White as a border in the Irish Sea. It was to get over the pretense that there's no border on the island of Ireland, right? The provisionals have gone into Stormont to implement British rule, and only last week were begging the British government... Well, there is, well hang on. With the greatest respect, uh, apart from financial reasons, there is no border on the island there of Ireland. There is a border on the island where? of Ireland. Where is the border? border where, no, where, where is the border, Hold on, no, Where is it? Just because there's no military on the border and that you're not being stopped, in the same way there's a border between France and Spain and any other European countries, there are national boundaries, right? Hold on. And when you go from Dundalk to Newry, you are leaving the, 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 the southern state and you're entering the northern state, right? I mean, that's the reality. And the, the politicization yeah, <laughs> and the militarization of the border was always in relation to the security threat. It may be the reality, but you don't have to show your passport, or you don't have, you're not questioned about it, you, and you never have been. Hold on, Noel. Well, when, when, not since the, the 80s. When you're going to, to mainland UK, you do not need to show your passport. You, you never do, right? Yes, you do. No, you no, you don't have to, right? Well, you, you, well, you do. Ryanair will demand that you show your passport. They used to accept driver's license. They don't That's accept Ryanair, anymore. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think Aerolingus do as well. I still think you have to have a passport. No, if you go on the boat, if you go on the boat, right? On the boat, yeah. Over to Hollyhead. That's show any ID because we have the common travel area. That's right, yeah. And we and we still have the common travel area, by the way. Yes. So you don't need a passport, technically. Right um, by the way, can I mention, even during COVID, because I got an email from somebody the other day who told me she went off and got a negative COVID test, you don't need a negative COVID test to go to England. Um, you still don't. It's still a common travel area. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that for people, because so, seemingly Ryanair and Erlingus, when she rang both of them, didn't know, <laughs> So, which I thought was quite so bizarre. in the same way as when you leave the southern state and you go to New York, you're into the north, you um, are leaving... Well, yeah, theoretically, yeah, theoretically. And the border in the Irish Sea was to give cover to the provisionals and this lie that people down here believe because when they go and do their shopping in Yuri and buy their cheap drink, they they don't come through a military checkpoint. So therefore, there's no border. There is a border. There, Mm -hmm. you know, and people need it's, to yeah, but it's, that. yeah, but it's more psychological than anything else, isn't it? Really, hold when you on, think about it, it. in the eyes of people, in, in the eyes of people who are living in the north who want to be hold Irish. On, Three and a half thousand people died in the last forty years over that border. Hundreds more died in, in the, the yes, in and, the we, and we and, 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 and we came and we came to a conclusion that the majority of people voted for in nineteen ninety eight, which was the Good Friday Agreement. We came to a conclusion on that, didn't we? Voted for people in the south didn't vote for the Good Friday Agreement. I'm just saying we came to a conclusion on it. Hold on. No, we didn't. Well, certainly I didn't. But and the people in the South didn't vote on the Good Friday Agreement. What they did, and which throws in what, what I said earlier today, that people in the South really don't care about the North, is that they dumped Articles 2 and 3 of the Southern Constitution, which said that the island of Ireland is the, you know, the nation of Ireland is the 32 counties. And they were very okay. quick. And over 90% of the people in the 26 counties voted to dump the North. Okay, we'll stay there for a second. Loads of text going By the way, Ruth has just put on my screen here. There are no passport controls in operation for Irish UK citizens travelling between the two countries. You do not need to have a passport to enter the other country, or, and that's in citizens' info. You try to try to tell that to Michael O'Leary when you get on a Ryanair plane. But that's a private <laughs> business, Niall. But don't do you not? Sorry, but do you not even need a driver's license? Yeah, well, you need some form of ID. No, oh, okay, all right, okay. You don't need a passport. I thought the last time I went Ryanair, they demanded a passport. Maybe Ryan, but that's Ryanair. Well, but the British <laughs> government, when you get off the plane, the British immigration authorities don't ask you for a passport. No, they don't. No, you're right. Okay, right? okay, we'll say it. We'll say now because I want to just. The go. same as now, you can travel to the north. Okay, let me just go to Dermot. Dermot, you're an Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Dermot? Hello, good evening. How are you doing? Debbie, you've been listening to Paul, who's living in the area as we speak. Uh, you've been listening to Maliki about the reasons why they believe these young people, and when I say young people, eight to kind of 17-year-olds, it looks like, from what I've seen, are running around with Molotov cocktails, firing them at the PSNI, or the OUC, as Maliki calls them. I mean, what do you, what do you think of what's going on? And does, this, does it worry you when you see these kind of, you know, scenes again after so long? Yes, it is. It, it is worrying for the very reason that... What's worrying is what's going on across the water in, in, in Westminster. Like, since this thing kicked off, they, uh, I've, you've checked the headlines on Sky News and the Command or BBC News or ITV or whatever. None of them are leading with what's going on up there. And in, in, in some cases, the news programs are not even entertaining it at all. So I'm, the problem is it's the man that's in power over there now, Boris Johnson, and I am convinced that he wants rid of Northern Ireland. He doesn't have no interest in it. Like he, he's the last premier in the UK to show so little interest in the North was Margaret Thatcher, and he shows even less interest in the North. And they have no appetite for the North. And I think you're going to see a the famous 1974 speech of Harold Wilson, where he called the Northern state spongers, sponging off the off the taxpayers of Westminster. 
I can I can see that coming down the line again. I think that the, the British are they're now got out of Europe. They're now um, an independent state. I think they're somewhere down the line. It's 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 we're heading full blast where the British. Not so much that the British want a united Ireland. Once the British get out of Ireland and wash their hands of it, they don't give a fuck what happens on this island. And the people that are going to get the backlash of this will be us. Because for all for all the talk of, um, of um, you know, we can try and work something out on a shared island, you're going to, if, 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 even if you have this border poll of, of, um, of the people and 51%, we had this conversation before, 51% say they want the United Ireland. Uh, does that mean that the 48%? Don't matter. Don't matter. And they're all just going to say, well, we lost by 2%, two, by two percent, a bit like the Brexit vote. That we just accepted, and we'll all uh, just get on a boat and go back to England. Okay, well, I mean, let me just get a poll on that. Poll, that's that's a fair question. I mean, in relation to United Ireland, Malachi says he wouldn't be happy with a shared Ireland, and neither would you. You want a United Ireland. What do you say to, well, I don't know the exact percentages at the moment, but we just say the 50% of people who want to remain and be British. Do you say, well, that's your, that's your problem? Off you go and get on a boat and go home again. We have a United Ireland now. You're Irish, whether you like it or not. No, I would say you're welcome to our republic, but you can be any nationality you want. And but they want to be in Britain. They want to be in Britain. That's not an answer. They no, no, want no, to no, be no, in Britain. That's well, a very then, simplistic answer. That's a very, very simplistic answer. That it makes no sense. It's very easy to say, "Well, welcome to, to, to the Republic of Ireland." Belfast is now part of the Republic of Ireland. Let him finish the point. Let, let me finish, Malachi. Quite simply, how do you explain that to probably a million Protestants and a huge percentage of them, as I said, have an absolute hate of, of everything to do? Not necessarily they do hate me or you as a person. They hate what the, the, the what Dublin government stands for. They hate what the Republic stands for. They hate the fact that we're... What, what, what is that exactly? No, they, okay, we get, we yeah, get the point, Jeremy. They have an allegiance yeah. to the Queen. Yeah, go on. Hold on. Tell me exactly what that is, then. What does the Dublin government stand for? Well, they have an allegiance... The point is making is they have an allegiance to the Queen. The, yes. the, hold on. The Dublin government does not represent the Irish Republic. And don't be confusing the Republic of Ireland with the Irish Republic. The Dublin government has stood by while the North has been ravished by both loyalists and by British government, right? Who makes... Hold, hold on, on, let me finish the point. Let me finish the point. The Dublin government stood by in, in the 1970s when British uh, intelligence uh, operatives came down to Dublin and Monaghan and murdered 48 people, right? And what that's did the Dublin true. government do about that? They said, oh, must be the Ra, right? Well, no, 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 hold on, the very same people are in government hold today. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Just let me argue that very one point, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong on that. After after the loyalists made or the, the bombers made their way back north, the government went up to the north and they they as you if you seen the documentaries they knew down to a T every man that was involved. They yeah. knew where the uh, yeah, bombs were from. They, they knew it all. Of but the British did. absolutely stonewalled them of and course, they could get no that, further. Hold on, that, that is nonsense. What no, happened was not, no. Let's be no. very clear. The people who come down to Dublin, Somerville and, and the other unit around the Glenane gang, under direct control of Robert Norak, a British army operative operative, right? Working yes. for the intelligence services, working under the direct um, orders of the British cabinet came to this city in Dublin, came to Monaghan 
Completely displaced the smithereens and killed 38 people. And in the December before that, they'd already come to, to, to Marlborough Street and other places. Okay, well, uh, okay, hold on. Paul was trying to say something there, Paul. Sorry, go ahead. This is very important. Oh, right? uh, and the Irish government, instead of going Christ. and saying to the UN, for instance, that this is a war crime, this was an attack by, a, by a, one sovereign state on another, they covered it up and they hid it. And they blamed. Okay, but my, Maliki, the, you, I mean, you're going around in circles, but the bottom line is that is the government that's in power in this country at the moment, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin on the sidelines. That's the government that's here. There isn't an alternative. You don't have an alternative government that's going to represent you as a Republican anyway, no, so it makes no difference what you're going to say to me. But, but I, want, I want to go back to Paul to answer the question again that I asked. And Paul, are you still there? Yes. Yeah, so getting back to the question, and Dermot doesn't accept the first answer you gave. You know, if you turn around and say United Ireland, I'm not saying whether we do or don't want a United Ireland, but let's say it's voted for by 51% of the population of Northern Ireland if the South don't vote on it. Um, and what happens to the 49% of those people who didn't want United Ireland to consider themselves to be British people? You're saying, oh, you're welcome to the Republic and you can remain British if you want to be. But they don't want, they want to live in Great Britain. That is the point. This is, it's about land. They want their land to be known as Great Britain. They want to be British people. This is the thing, right? Where did they originate from? They, they come from the plantation times. Sorry, well, I'm not going to go back in, in history and get a history no, lesson. But the point is, they're living there now. They're living there now, generations the later. Is, yeah, the point is... The well, point hang is, on, Dermot, hang on, Dermot. Sorry, let, let, him, let him ask the question. See, who's, who's, am I getting the Yes, Paul, Paul, go ahead, Paul. The thing about it is, you, you know, they come from plantation times. You said it's their land. It's not their land. It was our land that was taken from us. It was theirs when they bought it us. It was, they, they were awarded their lands. But no, hang on, but hang on, I'm talking about... I'm, Paul, you're not being realistic. We're talking about right now. A, fa- a family, two adults, two children, living in, living in Belfast. They bought their house, they bought their land, they're paying their rates every year, or their uh, ground rent, or whatever it is they pay every year. And as far as they're concerned, that's their land. Now, what are you going to do with them? They can stay, there's no problem with but them. But they're not in Britain anymore. They want to be in Britain. Well, if they want to be in Britain, then they need to move to Britain, don't they? No, no, the, you, you, you have no argument to back it up. You're going around... I have no argument. Wait a second. You're going around... I've lived well, my entire life here in the North on the occupation. Okay, these, this war machine has given me no choice whatsoever, very little choice. And I grew up through madness because of this occupation. The root cause of the problems in Ireland today are the British, is, is the British occupation. If you want a long-term... You want a long-term solution? The problems in Ireland? You're a move written from the occasion. We even be discussing British politics. We're Irish people. Okay, sorry, you want to say something to me, Dermot? Go ahead. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Nobody is arguing that point, and I'm not here to defend the British state in the North. I'm like you. I'm born and bred Dublin. I'm like Maliki, and I'm like yourself. I have no desire to see the British have any more um, influence in this country than you have, or Maliki has, or anybody else has. But you have to be realistic. Maliki was on for the last 20 minutes giving us the history of Ireland in 1916 and 18. That, with all due respect, and they were fantastic people, but it's over 100 years ago. It's gone. We have to now deal with 2021 going forward. And going forward, we're in a mess. Because quite simply, but with all the good intentions you have of, well, the the British planted uh, the Protestants from Scotland into the North three or 400 years ago or a thousand years or whatever, that's insignificant now. What's happening no, now is we have a huge way, way of people that do not want to live in the Republic of Ireland under the flag of the Republic of Ireland. They don't want to share the island with anybody. They want to remain loyal to the Queen and they want the six counties of the north 
and you to be remain British, and you are not going to budge them in any shape or form, even if the British decide to wash their hands and pull out, there will be civil war in this country. Right, let me explain this. Right, I, My family's divided. Half my family would be from a unionist perspective. Half it would be from a nationalist, and there are some Republicans that, that, are, that are there. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, Oh, I forgot my point. I'm sorry. I don't know. I was going I was, I was to say that must be a good Christmas get together. The, the, the problem here is you're, you're trying to say forget about the past, but that's all gone all the rest of it. Um, and we're in well, no, no, no. Hang on. He didn't say forget about it. He didn't say forget about the past. Remember the point that I was going to make? The point that I was going to make was we've always been in a mess ever since Britain came here. And we're not going to solve this until Britain leaves. The Irish people need to resolve this. Britain are not a solution to our problems. They are when, the when you, but Paul, when you, when you say you've been in a mess since Britain came there, you know, and I've spent quite a long time and a number of times up in Northern Ireland because that's where my partner lives. And, the point. I didn't say the North. Yeah, but what, what, what I'm saying is when you say Britain is in a mess, right? I think Britain, no, I, and, and, and I'm talking about Northern Ireland, is in a much better state than the South of Ireland. Financially. But that's not what I said. I didn't say Britain was in a mess. I said we are in a mess. And we have been in a mess ever since Britain came to this island. Okay, when you when you say now, I'm talking about currently at the moment. I'm not talking about the firebombs on the streets over the last eight nights. I'm talking about generally speaking. When you say in a mess, give me an example of what you mean by in a mess. <laughs> you you, you want to come down here, Paul, and live for a while and buy a house for four hundred thousand euro? Do you want to come down here and pay fifty quid every time you want to go to a doctor? Do you want to do you want to do all those things? Because I'd much prefer to be living up the north where you don't pay for that stuff. Well, the thing is, actually, I've had experience of living in the south, and I, I, I do believe that the situation down there is economically it's, it's absolutely disgraceful. I think the levels of corruption that go on down there, yeah, is the cost frightening. of living is through the ceiling. But having said that, it's every bit as bad up here. I, fact, I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with you. I wouldn't agree with you at all. I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree. And the point is, nobody, nobody can. To be fair to you. I don't live in the north of Ireland, and Northern Ireland to me is just something that's 100 miles up the road. I go up to it once in a while, and whatever. I don't live in it day to day, so I'm not going to argue with you with your with the walk in your shoes living up there. But the point you have to look at the bigger picture. You're, you, when you're saying that the, the British caused all these problems, yes, the British did. The British, British mind their own business in the world, and and didn't try to uh, fucking try to colonize the world. Yeah, there wouldn't be half the problems. Yeah, I know. I'm not nobody's going to disagree with that. Yeah. They're a bunch of no good bullying fucking bastards. Every single last one of them. I, well, know. now that's in fairness, with greatest respect, Dermot, that's a very derogatory remark to make about British people in general. The vast majority of British people are not no good. The vast majority of British people are good, decent people. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'll take that back. But the, the establishment is just the mindset of. The You're talking about the establishment, okay? Not about the establishment over the last thousand years or more. They just want to colonise and plunder everything they did, and because we happen to be their closest neighbour, they did just that. They destroyed this country and they, they, they caused an uprising. They caused civil war. They caused everything. They did, they, they did nothing. No favours for this country. And at the end of the day, if, if um, but at the end of the day, we're not all Irish on this island. There is, whether you like it or not, there is the guts of a million people at this very moment in their beds or wherever they are in Northern Ireland who claim to be either British or to be Northern Irish. But the bottom line is allegiance to the Queen they do not want to have anything to do with the South, and we will not, it will not be solved. 
Okay, well, okay, but well, very, very good because I have to wrap it up. Maliki. Well, okay, well, we're we're, go, we're heading into as as far as uh, Paul is concerned, the, the eighth night of this. Uh, different, obviously, reports suggest different amount of nights. But anyway, Paul says the eighth. I believe him. He lives up there. Okay, so what's the answer to stop this? Certainly well, temporarily we, until we can come up with a plan. Well, firstly, let, let's look at some of the things that have been proposed. Irish Republicans don't want to just take the north and latch it on to this bankrupt tip down here, right? Mm-hmm. We want to recreate the Ireland that was set out 100 years ago for the benefit of all of its people, to do away with the corruption that's endemic in both states, to do away with the poverty that's in both states and to do away with the, the social inequality and all of those things and to create a new Ireland. So it's not simply of taking the north and latching it onto here or taking here and latching it onto the north. We want to take the best of both. That's some sort of euphoric idea, isn't it, really? Well, I mean, every, everybody would like to see governments with no corruption, but name me a government around the world where there's no corruption. Well, I think when we had the yeah, first exactly. government in yeah, this yeah, country, no, no. when we had the first government in this country, when the people who formed the first doll they were very different, very different right? times, very well, different times. Well, you know, we need to move away from... No, we're talk- I'm talking about now where money is everybody's god. Name me a government in the world that hasn't got corruption or hasn't well, been I'm seen to gra- be corrupt. I'm one of the greatest main fainers of all time in the, in the history book would be Eamon de Valera. Yes, looked of after course he would, yes. And looked of after his family yeah. and he looked after this and screwed the rest of us. Yeah, no. of course, I'm not a supporter of de Valera. But no, not a lot. What we have in this country and, and right through most Western democracies now are careerist politicians who'll say whatever's popular. And what, and what makes you think Republican politicians will be any different? They're no different. Well, the, well, they're so, no why, different. so why are you suggesting that we have some sort of euphoric well, government? Uh, we have to change all of that. Uh, we, yeah, but how do you change well, that? We've been trying to do that for years through the democratic process well, to change. And every well, time another one comes along that's equally as bad. Yes, you see, I don't have all the answers, despite what people think, Niall, and I know people think I'm a guru. And all <laughs> okay, okay, but, but stay, stay there for a second, because I just want to go to one more caller in this as well, if I can, because um, I'm going to go to, um, I don't, sorry, I don't have a name there, Ruth. Jerry, is it Jerry? Yes, yeah, sorry, Jerry. It is Jerry, Niall, sorry. Yeah, Jerry, okay, Jerry, you're English, your parents are living in Ireland. No. My, oh, English my, parents are living in Ireland, sorry. Both my parents were from Ireland, Tipperary and Kerry. They yeah. moved to England in the 50s because of no prospects of work or anything else in Ireland. And I was raised in London, Tipperary, and now I live permanently in Ireland since 2007. But I've gone on, because I knew so little about Ireland, I've actually gone on and done a degree in Galway on Irish history and heritage. Okay. To get more of an understanding. But you probably know more about Ireland than I do, so. But from the two gentlemen who have just been on, or I don't know if they're still on. Yes, Maliki and Paul, yeah. Right, you can see how far, you can see how far away a united Ireland... Oh, you're talking about Dermot and Maliki, sorry, yes. Yeah, it's it's basically, a vote isn't the be-all and end-all. Two groups of people have to come together and form an understanding. And you're, you're a million miles away. Because the fellow who says they can all go back on a boat and go back to England... That was Paul, yeah. Right, shows how little knowledge he actually has, has. Because the vast majority of residents in the north are of Scottish descent, not English descent, Scottish descent. Now, the ironic thing is that they want to stay loyal to the Crown in the UK, but the people in Scotland want to leave the UK. 
That's because of stuff. Well, well, so, hang on, Malachi, for a second. So, so where, where does he actually propose that these people go? Okay, well, that was sorry. That was Paul. You suggested that. Well, you didn't suggest it, Paul. You kind of made that remark regarding. Yeah, okay, well, let, let, let Paul answer. Sorry, Paul. The result we have a majority of unionists in the north because of settler colonization. Settler colonization was a, t- a tactic that has been used right throughout history by British colonizers. No, but this is where you're wrong, because unfortunately, the Protestants in the North, unless the vast majority of the really strict Protestants are actually Presbyterians. And if you actually check in history, the Presbyterians were as hard done by as the Catholics in the South, because neither would at that time proclaim allegiance to the Queen or to the Crown. So they were both... and in the program for the democratic program for government and in the war of independence clearly set out that this Ireland was a nation and those who went and signed a treaty to sell off the north and to abandon it you know betrayed the Irish nation but that's where also, partition comes from partition was a British solution yes and an imposed British solution but you also had a situation where women were promised women were promised to be equal in the republic and the second De Valera got his chance, women were pushed to the De Valera aside had nothing to, to do with the Republic. De Valera abandoned the Republic and created the, the Republic of Ireland. Well, Hold on. Created the Republic of Ireland, which is not the Republic. He's talking about when De Valera became the president, but go on, no, sorry. Became, Hold on. De Valera became the president of the Republic of Ireland, not of the Irish Republic, right? The <laughs> Irish Republic was defeated in 1922. With, with Jerry, you're, you are dealing with no, a Republican, so you'll be having your word things here, but go on. Your man has said he's done a degree in history in NUJ, right? Now, this country was partitioned in 1922. The Republic was defeated in 1922, and British guns under the, the Free State Army, the National Army, led with its Commander-in-Chief Collins, and the, the Blue Short Government, the Free the Fine Gael, or of their day, and coming Gael, used British guns and turned them on Irish Republicans and created a counter-revolution and defeated the Irish Republic. So anything that came after that, you know, is not the Irish Republic. So, you know... If you're after studying history, you should at least know those but, basic facts. Okay, so well, let Jerry respond to that. Go ahead, Jerry. But then, if that's, the, if that, if that's your argument, then if the, the vast majority of the people of Ireland didn't follow the Republic. The vast they? majority of the people of Ireland were Cork, never asked. It was Cork and Kerry and a few other little fragments. The rest of the country were happy. The rest of the country at the time were perfectly happy with the their lot. It was the I mean, Maliki, this, Maliki, this does come down to the argument I mentioned today when we talk about the troubles and what went on, you know, for 30 or 40 years, well, of what we observed for 30 or 40 years. And I know you mentioned the history went on for a lot longer since the 1940s, but realistically, what went on the troubles, the majority of Irish people didn't support the IRA and don't support the IRA. The majority of Irish people seen the IRA as terrorists, not freedom fighters. 
And you know that. About the North. So, I know that, yes. Yeah. Right. So that, that's the point that Jerry is making. Oh, so the people are quite willing to move on with their lives. The majority no, no. of the people in Dublin no. spat on the leader of 1916. Lecturer, at the let, me, let me make the point. His father was jailed for being a Republican terrorist. Mm-hmm. Okay. The thing is a Republican terrorist. I, 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 know, I know somebody who was put in jail as well for being a member of their organisation. Right? Now his son, who you think would be one of the most loyal, loyal Republican followers ever, has stated that a United Ireland, when you allow the loyalists to march down in an orange parade along O'Connell Street, unhindered, yeah. unhindered, no provocation or anything else, and the same as you'll let the Catholics walk down Shank Hill Road on a parade, that's when you'll have a United well, Ireland. very clear. And that is yeah, not no, ever going to happen. Okay, lads, I, I don't want to get too much into a history lesson here. I want to go straight back to the topic very quickly if I can. I've got two minutes left, but somebody might as well wants to pull Maliki up on a point. I think you're actually wrong, but however, because Maliki is rarely wrong in these things. Hi, now, a great topic tonight, but can you check with Maliki? Because I think it's the Northern State was established in 1920 with the Government of, of Ireland Act and not 1922. The North was in place before the Free State. In, in 22, the treaty agreement came into place, right? And that created... The, the Government of Ireland Act, I, I'd have to do, double check the years because I, um, I I'm not going to doubt you, Maliki, for a minute. But, okay, but sorry, Jerry, just finally, because I, I have to wrap it up. Jerry, do you believe that a united Ireland will happen in the next 10 years? No. It may happen by a vote. It won't. But it won't happen by the will of the people. Do you know, since the Good Friday Agreement, how many joint schools there have been in Northern Ireland? How many secondary schools have been formed since the Good Friday Agreement? And bearing in mind, wasn't that 1994? 1998. 1998. Right, now how many schools? How many many secondary schools have been formed since the Good Friday Agreement? I I couldn't answer that question. But that's nothing to do with it. One. How many? Well, that that would be only based on demand, Jerry, and the fact that the the population would increase. That's all. No, the Catholic population is increasing exponentially in the north. But unfortunately, there is no will by anyone Okay, well, anything. Okay, listen, I have to wrap it up. Just no, finally, just Malachi, just somebody mentioned, or should I say, Ruth is just on my screen. The Government of Ireland Act 1920 um, was an act passed by the Parliament of the United Kingdom to create two separate parliaments in Ireland, the Parliament of Northern Ireland and the Parliament of Southern Ireland. But in the 1918 Parliament in Dublin, Dáil set up a, se- a separate government, which was the d- determinant government for this country. Now, just uh, just make one final point, Niall, uh, because the caller mentioned there about loyalists marching down... Just the, quickly, I've got one minute, come. Yeah. I was one of the few Republicans who went in on that day when the loyalists were marching to meet people like Geoffrey Donaldson and them and to welcome them da- down to Dublin to protest in the capital of Ireland where all Irish people have the right... To, to gather and protest and commemorate, right? Now, what happened afterwards was, uh, you know, and the right and that, facilitated by Dublin City Council leaving munitions on the road okay. and by lunatics who weren't Republicans, who are Celtic supporters. and, and, and Okay, I've, I've run out of time, Malachi. I have to wrap it. Go on, 10 seconds. Just finish what you want to say. Well, you know, so I have no difficulty in any loyalists or unionists or any, anybody from any of the 32 counties coming to Dublin and protesting and marching. Just as people come from Kerry, farmers come from Kerry okay. and let their sheep off 
and they're, they're, all right they're okay the you thank you maliki i can talk to you that. forever and i know you can talk forever too maliki steen tonight appreciate you coming down the air tonight and clarifying all that and hopefully the trouble in the belfast is not too bad tonight real people real opinions real talk radio the multi-award-winning niall boylan show classic hits